thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Ladies, welcome to this week's episode of Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are so excited to chat to you again this week. Um, I mean, first and foremost, hey, ladies, if you have not yet got your tickets to uh, Heal Your Gut with Cal Brock and the Wellness Women here in Fremantle, Perth, uh, coming up in only six weeks, then make sure today is your day to go and grab your tickets. We're half sold, which is an incredible uh, achievement in a very short time. And there's really not that many tickets to go left. So please don't miss out. It's a really important one. You know, we talk a lot about how we heal our gut and that connection to hormones in our overall well-being. So yeah, please don't miss the opportunity. And uh, yeah, we will definitely look forward to seeing you there. So let's roll in today's episode because I think the key here is to talk about one in particular mineral in the body that has such a profound effect and influence on all function and so many tissues, and it can create so many side effects. So many conditions can stem from this deficiency. And a lot of people just have no idea how important a uh, a mineral called magnesium is. Now, anyone who's done chemistry at school, remember magnesium is the uh, little MG2+. And it's involved in lots of biochemical reactions in the human body, but also in nature. And today we're going to talk about magnesium and just what it means to your health and as a woman, how magnesium deficiency can have some very, very serious effects on not just your overall health and well-being, but uh, on just development, health, aging, everything, longevity even. So it's it's a big deal. Yeah, Ash, I absolutely agree. And it's interesting that you, I love that you gave our little plug for the Heal Your Gut Tour, <laughs> because this is going to tie in so nicely to some of the things that we're going to talk about today as well, because of how integral magnesium is for your gut function and then everything else that it leads on from from there as well. Um, And ladies, for those of you who don't know, magnesium is an alkaline earth metal. Um, It's, I think, the third most abundant thing that they find in the ocean as well, which is pretty amazing. And it's something that we require in every single cell of our human body just for us to function properly. Yeah, so it's a cofactor for over 300 biochemical processes. And I know that we, um, you'll see in, in science and medicine and, and especially in the health circles all the time, all sorts of different, you know, mineral deficiencies or vitamin deficiencies. And they're saying things like, oh, do you have enough of this? Do you have enough of this? Particularly things like, uh, you know, when we think about our bone health, we might think of things like osteoporosis and do we have enough calcium? And that's a really big one. But we tend to not pay enough attention to how a essential magnesium is and even in the role uh, for things like your bone health and, and the role it has in osteoporosis and a whole bunch of different things as well. So we're going to go into that today and we really want you to, to get a really good understanding of how critical this is for your body just to function on a baseline level and for you to have you know adequate health as well. Yeah, a lot of this stuff we're going to talk about today is going to come down to some really important science and research that's been developing over the last Oh, look, I'd say a decade, but it's actually been going on for a lot longer than that. And uh, I think traditionally researchers thought it magnesium was primarily involved just for like heart and bone health, but that's hugely misleading because, I mean, look, researchers have detected 3,751 magnesium binding sites on the human protein. Um, and that is phenomenal because this just means that we could have vastly underestimated really what the role of magnesium is in the human body. 
And um, I think I've been scrolling through a book lately and it's by Dr. Carolyn Dean. Um, that's a Carolyn with a C if you're going to look it up. And she's a medical doctor, a US, and an author. And she's written a book called The Magnesium Miracle, which was written and published in 2014. But it still holds so much evidence of just how important magnesium is for the body and why she titled the book The Magnesium Miracle because of the fact that, um, you know, she can directly link 22 medical conditions that can occur due to magnesium deficiency. Yeah, awesome. And you're absolutely right. So let's go through some of those things that we might want to look for. And we'll start off with uh, the really basic stuff and then get into some of the more serious things. And we'll talk about why these are related to magnesium deficiency as well. And some of the really common things that people experience all the time might be things like muscle aches, pains, and spasms. Uh, It can be um, all sorts of different heart conditions like arrhythmias, palpitations, um, blood pressure issues. Uh, fatigue, insomnia is a really important thing as well. Um, inappropriate reactions to stress. Um, what else have you got on your list there, Ash? Yeah, look, uh, Dr. McCullough and um, Dr. Josh Axe have also referenced all these, which is super interesting because, you know, these are big names. They have big teams of people on their on their website uh, development groups that are researching all this. So it's awesome to be able to see and cross-reference that information. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that came up were, I mean, for women primarily, think about some of the things that most commonly affect women's health, anxiety and panic attacks, mm-hmm. bowel diseases and conditions, detoxification issues, heart disease, you mentioned insomnia, also migraines. So, you know, yeah. spasmic contraction, even the brain tissues, which can cause you the, you know, pain responses. Um, go into the downstairs department, obstetrically. We're talking about things like PMS, infertility, preeclampsia, osteoporosis, nerve problems. Oh, gosh, depression, blood clots, asthma, diabetes. I mean, I can rattle all of these off. I mean, even something as simple as Raynaud's syndrome, and anyone who suffers this is, you know, painful in the hands and, and sometimes the feet too. But just fascinating to see that so many uh, conditions or disease processes that we often don't pin down. And now, can you nail it down to one mineral alone? Um, gosh, we know lifestyle affects so many things, but in the absence of sufficient magnesium, all of these things are present. So this wow. is just a really nice thing that you can rule out. Yeah, um, anyway. and it's so simple and so cheap and effective. And look, what's the worst that will happen? If you have too much magnesium, you're going to move it through your body quickly, which will give you the unpleasant side effect of diarrhea. So, um, you know, th- and that's the thing about magnesium is that, you know, for people who are worried, oh, but how do I know if I have enough? Trouble with that is it's nearly impossible to do correct and accurate magnesium deficiency testing. Why? Because it's really hard to detect how much magnesium is present because magnesium is stored in cells and in bones and it's not relatively freely floating around in your blood. Mm -hmm. So when you do a blood test, it doesn't show up and the accuracy of those quantities uh, cannot be the way in which we determine whether someone has magnesium deficiency or not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think we probably forgot to mention a couple of really important ones there. And it's really simple things like chronic pain and fibromyalgia. Uh, So, you know, some conditions where there's those diffuse, chronic, uh, painful sites all over the body um, that are chronic and just constant. Um, And even things like uh, poor vitamin D absorption can also be related to magnesium deficiencies as well. And that is because it's essential for our teeth and our bones, like we've talked about, but also aids in balancing hormones. Um, So not just reproductive hormones, but our stress hormones as well. Well, 
Uh, it's critical for nervous system function because it helps to regulate um, electrical impulses in the cells as well. Uh, and that is also why it's also critical for our cardiovascular system or our heart as well. Um, it certainly aids detoxification pathways like what you talked about as well, um, Ash. So it's pretty incredible to think that all of these processes really depend on adequate levels of magnesium. Yeah, and it's cofactor, so it works synergistically with other micronutrients. So, you know, like if you're not uh, sufficient in magnesium, then unfortunately it's going to have a play-on effect biochemical cascades that go through your body, um, certainly affecting calcium and also vitamin K, vitamin D. So it's so important. I mean, people know that, you know, we get told when you supplement with stuff, in this case magnesium, but, you know, unless you know the why, it's just so hard to say, well, uh, isn't it just all a big sham, just lots of good marketing? Because you walk into pharmacies now and it's just walls uh, of supplements and everyone is peddling supplements <laughs> like it's the, the new fashion. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's really hard to know, isn't it? Because I, I know the biggest frustration I, I hear from clients is, um, God, I take this and this and this and there's 14 supplements in the morning and then I've got to take, you know, another 10 at lunchtime. Oh, which <laughs> that in itself, okay, that is a red flag. That's a warning sign. That is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, th that in itself is going to put stress on the body. Remember, everything has to be processed through the liver. And unless you're on some very well uh, sort of documented and you're working with your practitioner and there's some sort of regime or protocol that you're following because of that, then that would ring alarm bells to me. Um I know that a lot of people with very well-rounded diets who think they have great, you know, gut function and their bodies are working pretty well, um, don't like the idea of supplementing at all. However, there's a really good reason why magnesium um, might be something that that you might just need to think about. And one of the reasons is because of how depleted our soils are. And this is not new information. Um, we know that our soils, because of the over-farming principles and, and practices that have been used over the last 100 years, and as well as the chemical fertilizers that we use, have depleted our soils of a lot of the key nutrients and magnesium obviously being one of the, the biggest ones there. One of the reasons why it's depleted is because of some of the chemical fertilizers that are used in the farming process. So importantly, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are actually antagonists to magnesium. So meaning that they'll actually change the absorbability of that. And then if we look further on from not just the farming practices, but then the food handling, the refrigeration, the transport, the storage, and then the preparation of our food from there, every single one of those processes has the potential to deplete the nutrient content. So, you know, including the magnesium content of, you know, the food and the pathways. So it's not just the farming practices that's really, really important, but it's the, everything that happens thereafter as well. Because if something has a shelf life for months and months and months, you can imagine that its nutrient content is not going to be nearly what it's supposed to be. We would love to encourage everybody to get their essential vitamins and minerals from plants, from nature, from, mm -hmm. from real foods. However, it would be negligent for us to advise that and say you're going to get everything um, from those foods because we know for a fact that's not the truth. Um, we know that unfortunately because of this soil depletion, um, there's certain minerals, certain elements that just can't be replaced. And vitamins actually, are, more interestingly, they're easier to restore into the food chain through the plants than it is for minerals because mineral soil depletion is something mm -hmm. that's critical and it's often the beneficial bacteria in the soils that are replenishing this. Remember we talked about fertilizers and that's what a fertilizer is designed to do, pesticides, insecticides to kill off the bugs, the bacterias. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's those bugs and bacterias that are returning 
and establishing the mineral contents in a lot of the soil. So, yeah, tricky. Uh, again, great to be using organic food sources um, because at least you're going to be having a slightly higher likelihood of including those essential minerals in your foods because I've always just told clients, oh, look, eat Brazil nuts and have lots of like dark leafy greens. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's a great help, Ash, looking at the organic produce and getting it from your farmer's market so you know that at least it's going to be um, hopefully really fresh. Um, but remember that anything else that you're doing in your, your daily life can either be aiding your mineral absorption or depleting from it. So anything that is processed, any of the crap that we've got in our diet is going to change the way that magnesium works in our system because it has to bind to certain things to help our body get rid of stuff because remember it's part of that detoxification process. So any processed foods that we're having is also depleting our system of magnesium and there's a few other uh, things as well. So including caffeine, unfortunately, all of our coffee lovers um, can you know, deplete your magnesium stores. Uh, it takes 28 molecules of magnesium to metabolize a single glucose molecule. Um, that's from Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, um, who is a really uh, powerful researcher in, in this field. So sugar is one of the easiest way to you know, get magnesium out of your system because of how much magnesium it actually takes um, to bind to that and to help your body to get rid of uh, that and processed foods, like I said, alcohol, unfortunately, and also foods that are really high in phytic acid um, also deplete your system a bit as well. And that's the great curse, isn't it? As a woman, we uh, have sugar-based foods. It depletes our magnesium. We increase the period cramping uh, and things like that. Then we start craving chocolate because we know chocolate has a cacao, has a, a higher source of magnesium in it. Mm -hmm. And the vicious cycle continues because when you've got PMS and you've got, you know, cramping, what are the foods you seek? Most women start jumping on the sugars again, which, you know, further exacerbates that cycle. So from a female perspective, um, you've heard us say that the whole sugar trap, it, it really is a trap, full stop. You, you get caught in the cycle and uh, it's really hard to get off that merry-go-round. Um, and it, look, it's not – it's – it's so simple to supplement and magnesium, which could actually help to reduce some significance in the sugar cravings as well because your body is sufficient in what it really needs, not seeking out the things that are – well, I mean, most foods that come with sugars, all the pastries and everything – most of those are made with, you know, wheat flours and that. There's a whole lot of anti-nutrients in there and that just uh, destroys that microbalance in the body. Yeah. Ash, you're absolutely right. And the other things that will deplete your stores as well or will help your body get rid of it a hell of a lot quicker um, are drugs like the birth control pill, any hypertension medications as well. Uh, so if you've got high blood pressure, um, we know, and this is the paradox, that that also depletes your magnesium stores, whereas magnesium is essential for uh, you know your heart stability. And I know, Ash, we were talking before we started recording about how important it is for different ventricles in the heart and oh, the levels it's phenomenal and i think for me like when i was reading a little bit of research background onto you know why what why should we even encourage people to supplement with magnesium what's the big deal there um so excessive amounts of calcium a lot of people told us to supplement with calcium so as females we often think oh you know bone density it's really important don't want to get osteoporosis you know mum sister someone else in the family has it so i really should supplement Mm -hmm. um, the trick there is calcium, magnesium, and synergistic. We need equal, even balances in those for the body to react appropriately. And so what's happening is when we've got too much calcium in the body, we get lots of spasming and contraction of muscles and the magnesium's there to do the opposite, to relax things. 
Now, when we're deficient in magnesium, the science is saying that we've actually got an increased risk of heart attack. So that's why they say a lot about, you know, magnesium is so important for heart and, and vascular system because um, the whole deal is that the highest amount of magnesium in the whole body is actually in the heart and specifically in the left ventricle, which is, I thought, fascinating that you could actually like nail it down and say, where, where does it require most? And this has got to do with the power of the contractions of the ventricles of the heart. And people with heart attacks and who die of sudden a heart attack, particularly after an athletic event, could actually be expressing a severe magnesium deficiency. And I was like, wow, thinking of, you know, junior athletes dropping dead on the field, you know, and they, they autopsy and find out it's congenital heart or whatever, but, you know, exacerbated by potentially a deficiency in magnesium. And this is just not well published. So people have no idea just how serious this could be. And look, the thing is that the calcium that's there does remain in the, the tissues, keeping that muscle in contraction sustained. And that's the heart attack right there. So the heart literally just stops functioning because the pump's not working. That's a really scary thing to think about, um, mm. especially when everyone is so all over calcium supplementation. Um, and it's really interesting to see how calcium and magnesium work together because they need to work together to generate that electrical impulse, but also to regulate that electrical impulse, like what we were talking about with the heart contraction. But also this is part of that um, neuronal and synapse connection as well through your central nervous system. Um, so the, the magnesium and calcium concentrations, if you remember back to your, your chemistry or your, your biology have to be within certain limits to make sure that that signal is getting across that calcium channel or that ion channel um, appropriately. But the magnesium concentration acts to, actually has to be 10,000 times greater than calcium. Isn't that interesting? It has to be 10,000 times greater than calcium because the adequate magnesium levels will also aid in regulating the calcium function. So calcium is part of that contraction, whereas magnesium needs to allow for the relaxation. Um, and so the, the con so there's no sort of buildup of the concentrations of calcium. We don't have that calcium excess. Um, so it's all, it's all pretty interesting how the body works together. And then let's go back to talking about the drugs that interfere with your calcium absorption um, and, you know, levels there. So we've just talked about heart function and the hypertension um, medicine. So there's something that you need to think about. Um, diuretics will also deplete your system. Anything that's going to affect your insulin levels, certain antibiotics will also deplete ma uh, magnesium levels and uh, huge amounts of sweating as well, just because it's mineral and that's, you know, just, just how our body works and how it detoxifies because magnesium helps that detoxification process and will bind to things to help get it out of our system. And that's why when you lick your sweat, it tastes salty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the sodium <laughs> as well. Is, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's got all those minerals coming through the skin and through the pores, the skin. So, ladies, I think that. Uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Come on, doesn't everyone just you know lick their arm once they've gone for a run? <laughs> no. Um, and <laughs> I look, um, ladies. I think I hope that you know those sorts of bits of info there really drive home the importance of why magnesium supplementation is something we recommend. Um, we're actually now going to have a chat about the various types of magnesium supplementation because I think that it's so easy to go into a supermarket, just pull a first magnesium container off the shelf, oh, look at that, 400 tablets for $12, and you think, woohoo, great, great bargain, great deal. But it's not just about the container saying magnesium. It's actually the form of magnesium that is so important um, to whether you absorb it properly or you don't. So let's have a chat about some of the different types of magnesium. Andrea, start away. What are we going to talk? 
Um, well, easiest the way to think about it is you can take tablets, powder, or spray, or there's like you know the topical versions. So you, you might be thinking about your Epsom salts bath, or which is actually magnesium sulfate, um, which you wouldn't want to um, necessarily uh, use in your your dietary sources of magnesium because it's not safe in those forms. But it's certainly safe um, to use in the bathtub or to have as like a topical type ointment. Um, a lot of the cheap versions of magnesium that are sold just, you know, off the shelf in your supermarket or your pharmacy contain high levels of magnesium oxide. Mm. And magnesium oxide is used therapeutically to treat reflux and has a laxative effect as well. So, you know, there's a lot of naturopaths who might use highly concentrations of magnesium oxide as actually a laxative to help get a good gut cleanse happening. And they might use it for two to three days and that's it. But you don't want to be using this ongoing. Um, and one of the reasons is that the bioavailability of that type of magnesium is actually really, really low. Yeah, so 4%, in fact. Yeah. So yeah. you're actually passing 96% of the magnesium and that's why it creates the laxative effect. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, you know, it's important for reflux and for, you know, to be a laxative if you need it for, you know, therapeutic reasons for a very short amount of time and not something that's ongoing. You should not be using this to regulate your bowel habits. Absolutely not. Um, so that's magnesium oxide. The best types of magnesium in terms of their bioavailability uh, would be things like magnesium glycinate. Um, and magnesium glycinate is actually the least likely to induce diarrhea as well um, and magnesium uh, citrate and um, taurate and a few other uh, things. I know they're big long words. You really need to speak to your natural healthcare practitioner about your type of magnesium that you want to take um, because depending on what your symptoms are as well might depend on what sort of combination that they're giving to you as well. I certainly think that magnesium glycinate is the safest option, um, especially for correcting long term deficiencies and we know that it's not going to um, you know, have uh, lots of loose stools and things like that that are associated with some of the magnesium um, you know, side effects, I guess. A lot of people don't like taking magnesium because of the fact that it will pass straight through them. That is a symptom of a few big issues. One, that they're not taking the right type of magnesium. So it could be the magnesium oxide that they've been prescribed before or that they've just, you know, got off the shelf going, oh, yep, here's a magnesium tablet for me. This has got my, my mineral sorted. I'll, I'll be fine for now. Um, or it is also a symptom of gut issues. So if you can't absorb the magnesium, this is a bigger, you know, up the chain issue that we actually need to deal with first. And I think it goes back to the similarities in so many other health conditions, doesn't it, Andrew? Like, well, this is why we've got kale coming across for heal, heal your gut. It's mm -hmm. uh, If we can get our gut health right, it has a flow-on effect, and particularly in the absorption of magnesium. Otherwise, you're just passing it through when you could be taking some really good quality forms of magnesium and still not absorbing well. So let's just say that could be the scenario for you because there's another option there, and that's when we talk about magnesium chloride oil. Okay, and so yeah. these are the, the sprays or the oils that you can spray onto the body and you apply them directly to the skin. And as you recall, I'm sure that the skin is an incredibly absorbing tissue and so what you put on the skin is also absorbed into through the skin and into the bloodstream. And I think anyone who's got digestive disorders having real trouble magnesium um, or having that magnesium flush through them really quickly, you may need to switch over and switch to the oils for a while and do this application on your skin, on your body for a period of time um, to 
assist in the normal absorption of magnesium from food because you're going to have real troubles with getting enough magnesium because if it's not coming in through your foods or through a supplement, how are you going to get it? And if you can't absorb it at the same time anyway, then it's a real challenge. Um, I love that suggestion of using the magnesium oil whilst you're working on your gut function Mm. so that then hopefully you can switch over to taking an oral type of magnesium and it powdered form seems to be be the best, even though they taste disgusting, um, but it's just the the way that the the bioavailability seems to be um, in in the powdered variety seems to be a lot higher as well. Um, Just a word of caution with the magnesium oils, make sure you're getting really good quality stuff that they, it's not mixed in with a whole bunch of other crap and fillers and parabens and all sorts of different things. It shouldn't smell perfumed and it should almost feel a little tingly when you put it on your skin as well. Um, that freaks a few people out when they first try it, but that's that's a pretty normal thing that happens. Um, but this is not therapeutic dose by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so great start, but it's not therapeutic. Okay. Look, I think if you can get some magnesium and start to bring some magnesium into your body um, or absorb it in through the skin, there's a couple of key things you might start to notice. And some of the biggest benefits are, look, the very first one is an increase in energy. Okay. Our body just starts to work better. And the reason is that it helps to um, activate something called ATP, which is activating adrenaline. Just trying to remember what that's called. <laughs> just escaped my blank to my mind. How funny. Adenosine triphosphate. Yeah, there <laughs> okay. you go. <laughs> ATP. I was just like, ATP pathways. What's the ATP for again? Um, this is why, you know, no wonder everyone gets so confused. There's so many acronyms in health science. It's just like there's all these letters and, and jumbles. Um, but, you know, this straight away is going to, with enough magnesium, it really does enhance your energy. It reduces your fatigability, um, particularly during exercise. You Well, look, the thing is, if you're fatigued, you don't feel like exercising, there's a catch-22 there because you exercising actually drives up our mitochondrial function, which is our energy producers in the body, including ATP, and that enhances energy. So, like, energy creates energy, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, if we can absolutely. just start to, you know, cut that cascade out and say, okay, well, let's just buffer it with some magnesium, let's start to drive up some energy and more energy, you want to go do more. And there's this great uh, upward spiral of bringing the body back into to activity, back into function. And the higher magnesium levels, people are shown to have higher energy levels, which is exciting. Yeah, I love that. And a lot of um, natural health practitioners will actually state that there's no cellular energy without magnesium. So that's mm. a really important to think of, thing to think about. And some glandular tissue like our thyroid, our ovaries, for guys, their testes, um, they're metabolically very, very active and they require a lot more cellular energy um, and therefore a lot more magnesium than a lot of the other tissues. So this is also a really important reason why magnesium is involved in your hormonal function. Um, as well. We, we can get into that in a second. Ash, let's go back to some of the things that um, you'll notice when you've got adequate levels of magnesium. Uh, so I love the uh, energy levels. You'll notice you don't fatigue as quickly um, and you won't get that muscular fatigue and contraction as well when you're at the gym or when you're exercising. So cramping spasms and tightness. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you also shouldn't be noticing those little, you know, those little eye twitches or ticks that you might see in muscles now. That's a bit of a more complex issue. It can be magnesium and potassium balances and sort of all of those certain things. But magnesium is the base that you want to be starting with there. And of course, if you're having uh, troubles with energy, and often people say, yeah, it's because I'm not sleeping well. So magnesium plays into that role as well, because it certainly calms down the nervous system and uh, it can actually help to treat insomnia and helps you fall asleep a bit easier. And it has a lot to do with magnesium and how it... Um, 
I guess it just fits in with our circadian rhythms and it gets our body into a state where we can actually rest and recover appropriately. And um, look, it's such a low-risk, low-cost way of treating insomnia before you start dealing with, you know, heavy-duty drugs and um, interventions. Definitely. And one of the reasons why it helps insomnia so much is because it actually helps to regulate cortisol function. Mm. And remember that cortisol is uh, inhibits melatonin, which is part of that you know, uh, circadian rhythm cycle. So if we've got too much cortisol, it's almost impossible to get off to sleep. So it helps to dampen the effects of that um, and it helps to regulate that HPA um, axis, which is going to help us to get off to sleep better. Yeah, and that's why because that stress response and the effect it does have on cortisol and that, that calming, that anxiety reduction, um, which is all connected to elevated stress response. Awesome. I love it. Um, magnesium also helps to lower or regulate blood sugar levels. So any of my patients that have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is very much related to your insulin resistance and sensitivity, magnesium is a really important mineral that they must be on while we're trying to get control of that. Um, some people refer to it as like a natural metformin, <laughs> yeah. which, which I think is really interesting. Um, and it definitely better controls uh sugar cravings, it helps with healthy insulin sensitivity and can even support weight loss um, for women with PCOS as well. Brilliant. And we talked about heart health, why it's so important, you know, any concerns with, you know, contractile tissue and that includes the cardiovascular system, um, you know, increasing magnesium and all of a sudden relaxation, heart function, everything's working better. Um, and of course, if you've got less stress on your cardiovascular system, there's reducing risks of things like blood clots and DVTs and all those things that are connected to um, poorly functioning cardiovascular health or clotting factors. So it's look, it's not a cure-all, it's not a one-fix-all, um, and we're not pr- professing that either. But I certainly know that unless you're sufficient in magnesium, all of these things we've talked about today are all relevant and uh, could certainly be such a simple solution. So like we said, no harm in trying because there's really no significant side effects to magnesium excess. But again, the quality and the type of magnesium is just so crucial. And that's why we talked about some of the uh, better sorts of magnesiums. So I think, ladies, if you've figured out by now magnesium could be worth trying, <laughs> I'd say go out there, talk to your natural health practitioner. It is preferable to get a practitioner branded um, range because of the quantity and therapeutic dosages of those. They do tend to choose the better qualities of magnesiums. Um, you're less likely to get the laxative form of magnesium. Uh, hopefully you'd be less likely. Um, but, yeah. but I would certainly suggest look for a practitioner prescription quality um, mm. type that you need. Look, if you need more help with this, certainly um, you know communicate with us on our social media, so on Facebook, so facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, we would love to hear you know if you swear by a certain type of magnesium or a certain type of magnesium oil. I know that there's even recipes to make your own online. So if you've ever tried any of those, um, let us know. I can, you know, profess to say that I've never actually tried to make it myself. Um, you know, that's definitely in the too hard basket for me right now. But uh, you know, who knows? If anyone's got a great recipe out there, we can give it a try. <laughs> look, and if you're not yet willing to uh, jump on the supplementation, then I would certainly suggest look for some foods that are known to be higher in magnesium content. Some of those include some of your dark leafy greens, such as spinach. Um, beans often do. So your black beans, among beans, you've got nuts, ca- cashews and almonds. Um, yep. oh, I kelp. love, yeah, kelp, sea kelp. Uh, what else is there? There's seeds. So you've got pumpkin, sunflower seeds. Um, and of course, it's going to be dark veggies like your broccolis, your Brussels sprouts. Um, throwing their bananas and I think so, you know things like avocados. So right now we're getting some really awesome avocados here on the west coast. So 
I'm enjoying my dose of avocado for so many good reasons. Um, but throwing some of those seeds and, and legumes in there, and that will certainly buffer and, and increase your likelihood of taking in some dietary magnesium from the food sources you take in. And uh, just use caution with Googling the best sources of food or the best food sources of magnesium because one of the things that is stated on most websites and most references is whole grains. And mm. yes, it's true that that um, you know, is high in magnesium. However, once it's processed, it's completely useless. So and it's stripped, stripped yeah. bare of its essential nutrients. That's why when you see flowers and stuff, then they, they throw it back in and they say enriched with and um, <laughs> they, you know, they enrich it with calcium and all this, but you rarely see enriched with magnesium. Have you noticed yeah. that? Pick up the packets, ladies. Have a little look for yourselves. You'll see enriched with, and they'll give you a few different things, usually calcium, but they rarely say enriched with magnesium. They just, uh, food companies have yet to appreciate just how important it is. If you're going to enrich something with calcium, you really should be enriching it with magnesium as well. And I think if you know, a product states that, I would be leaving it well alone anyway. Oh. 100%. But hey, you know what? I, I know for a fact that um, many women are still on the journey. And yes. I would love to say we're in, all in this ideal health bubble where everything is so easy to make our choices. But I know busy, busy women are on the run. Um, we still, you know, grab for the long life milk on the shelf that's possibly like a, a rice milk enriched with something um, because that's the best alternative to the time constraints we have. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd be making my almond milk every day. But <laughs> I can tell you that I don't always have time to make my almond milk. So, yes, I. I do yeah. reach for the, the long life container um, because it's just not always as simple as it sounds to just go and make everything yourself from scratch. So, ladies, I feel you because I also, you know, get caught in the trap sometimes as well. Oh, totally. Um, and, you know, if for no other reason uh, that, you know, than vanity, um, magnesium is actually really anti-aging. So oh, if, nothing else, if nothing else has appealed to you so far, um, it, the minerals actually have been shown to prevent telomere shortening, which is, um, you know, one scientific or biological measure of our lifespan uh, and reduces oxidative stress, which, you know, affects our aging and actually helps to produce glutathione, which is important for all of our cellular function as well. So ladies, if nothing else, um, you, you can totally be vain about it and uh, magnesium will <laughs> help us to be younger for longer. Don't well, we, all- we love that. Love the idea. <laughs> ladies, Get more beautiful. <laughs> Take magnesium. Um, any tips or tricks you need from us, please give us a shout. We love connecting with you. Thanks everyone who emails in and Facebooks in because we do get a lot of a lot of emails each week and we really appreciate it. Big apologies if we don't get back to you ASAP that day because there is a lot of stuff coming in through our inboxes, but we endeavor to get back to every single one of you and uh, at least give you the answers you've connected with us asking for. Um, and if you do have any great topics or things that you'd love to know more about, give us a shout, let us know. Say, hey, I'd love you to talk more about this or can you do the research for me? Um, because generally the questions you have are questions other women have as well. So if you love what we're doing, you love what we're talking about, um, jump online, Get your uh, iTunes downloads and please do give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. We work hard to bring you these great episodes each week and we really appreciate all the gratitude and thanks that we do get from you. So thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on, I'm going to give you the Facebook link again. So it's facebook.com forward slash the wellness women and all the details for the heal your gut tour is there. So this is our first live event as, you know, official live event as the wellness women. Uh, so if you're in Perth, I'm sorry, everywhere else in the world right now, we'll get to you later. Uh, but if you're in Perth, we would love to see you there. It's on the 18th of November, jump online, grab your tickets. I don't want you to miss out. Um, but ladies, until next week, be well. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.